Welcome to our Daily Inspiration Podcast. As Inspire Church is walking through a 30-day rule of life, whether you are participating fully or just listening, we hope you are blessed. Hello, Inspire. My name is Bernard Ajaqua. My wife and I are part of and disciple a small community of believers in the Washington, D.C. area. Really, we live in Maryland, but the specifics confuse most people not from this region, so we'll just keep it at that. Uh, prior to this season, we, we launched and pastored a ministry named Ascend. I'm so incredibly honored to share a message which, uh, with you guys today uh, as you continue in the Rhythm series. I've been so blessed to know Pastor Phil and Pastor Roger for some time, and I'm continually amazed at all God is doing through Inspire. My wife and I visited pre-COVID, and we still talk about the experience of love, community, and ease that we felt. So it goes without saying that I'm excited. And even more so, today I get to share about discernment, specifically about knowing God's will in the midst of many other voices. And right off the bat, I want to jump in, but before we do so, I just want to give us maybe 15 seconds just to settle in. So here we go. I'm not sure if that was 15, but uh, no matter where you're listening from uh, today, whether you're driving home or you're at home or you're maybe playing this back after a long day, I uh, want to encourage you, want to encourage you in this. And right off the bat, I want to establish this truth and expound on it as we go. And the truth, I believe, is this. There are no wrong decisions in Christ Jesus. Yes, yes, I know. I just said that. Let's take a deep breath. Let's relax. I'm not saying that our choices don't matter or that our accountability isn't a factor in our growth as believers. If I could just submit this to you, I believe that abiding is the cornerstone of discernment and not just our decision making. I think often when we think about God's purposes, we think about it and view it in the same way that we view our relationships with one another. And what I mean is that often when it comes to God's will for us, for many of us, it feels like we're playing Russian roulette with the rest of our lives. For some of us, the fate of the entire call in our lives rests on one decision or one thought that we've been mulling over, flipping back and forth between the what ifs, the pros and the cons, and trying to stack our way into what we may feel like is his grace or whatever it is that we're trying to strive for. See, I know for me, hearing God's voice and making the right choices didn't Honestly, it always felt good. Uh, A lot of times it felt like a box, uh, even a cage at times. And I was, honestly, I was, I was crippled most, most of the time, crippled by the fear of missing him. You know, the, the fear of somehow altering his good and perfect will for me. What I want to encourage you in today is a manner of walking and a way of thinking that's freed me. It's freed me from the impulses of control disguised as obedience to God. Let me say that again. Today, I want to encourage you, church, in walking in a way and thinking in a way that frees us from the impulses that we have to control situations, from the impulses we have to manipulate situations, from the impulses that we have to have an assurance of what is to come or what is for us or what is good and all those things that we operate out of that oftentimes we do in our own strength that we'll put a name tag and write God on and hope that he blesses. I want to share with you guys something that has freed me from living in this way. 
and seeing God in his, and that's preventing me from seeing God in his fullness. And, and for me, I believe it starts with understanding, understanding how we're rooted and who we're rooted in. In Romans 8, chapter 1, or sorry, Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it tells us that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Paul begins chapter 8 in conclusion of what was spoken in chapter 7, namely condemnation. And in context, Paul is drawing a parallel between the minds, the hearts, and the freedom enjoyed by those who belong to the Lord and those who don't. See, what Paul was trying to help them understand was this, that those who believe in Christ have an unparalleled privilege of living in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is where that therefore in this chapter comes from. It's this, it's this charge because you have this, right? We as believers, we have this freedom. We're free from the crippling power of sin. And because we are, this is what we have to look forward to. This is what, this is what Paul is trying to share with us. And the thing we have to remember is that the sin that Paul is describing is the same sin that is in our lives and in our world today. The same sin as disease, the world that we live in, a world that continually attempts to shape and mold our own internal views and perceptions, especially when it comes to the way that we should go and even who we should believe and what our hope in that belief should even rest in. And I truly believe that growing in discernment and being assured of God's desire in us is more about subtraction than it is addition. I think it's more about deducing things down to a molecular level and an understanding God for who he is, rather than parsing through a million different decisions and holding those decisions to the light to see if this is like him or not. Am I like him, I think is really the question, or are we like him? And if, if we're like him, what are the tendencies that stir our hearts? What are the things that he, what are the things he's already been doing, the things he's already been speaking? What, what's already in line with the life and the narrative he's writing in my life? And with that said, I, I just want to give us three ways that I think we can walk in greater discernment because of greater freedom. Three ways I think we can walk in greater discernment because of greater freedom. Here's number one. I believe it's about understanding the voice of the shepherd in the manner it's known to you. Let me repeat that. I believe it's about understanding the voice of the shepherd in the manner that it's known to you. What we see throughout the scripture is that God loves creating history with his people. He has tendencies and he knows each and every one of our own. And I believe that if we're living a rooted lifestyle, and if we're abiding as he calls us to in John chapter 15, that when it comes to our minds and, and his will, we can compare it to what we know his nature to be, and how that nature has intersected our lives and how it's taking shape. I remember early on in high school, when I would go out with my friends and I needed money because your boy was struggling, obviously it was high school, my dad would always go the extra mile. No matter who I was with, whether I was going out with just the guys or we were going out to the movies or something, and there are young ladies involved. My father trusted me. He would always go the extra mile. That'd be a little extra cash, depending on what was going on or what I was doing, and there was never a question. My dad set the expectation that, and, and this is the thing, was never lost on me. He set an expectation that he, he, an understanding for me that he cared for me, and he trusted me. And that he knew I wouldn't do anything intentional to cause harm where he'd given me freedom and increase. Can I submit to you today, Inspire, that God the Father views us similarly? That since the garden, he's been attempting to give us a freedom that we have yet to realize and an accountability that's drawn from that freedom 
this narrative of because you're mine, because I'm inside of you, because I stir your affections, because you are tuned to the voice of the spirit that I sent to comfort you and lead you and guide you in all truth. Because of that, here's a runway. Here's a runway to live with me. Here, 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 here is the reality. Here is the freedom that comes because you're mine. Here's the trust that I that I have for you. I've placed upon you because of it. Can I submit to you today, inspired that God views us similarly? I want to encourage you to think of God's nature and your history. What's the narrative he's been writing? There may be someone listening today who's making a decision about school or a relationship or a job or something they're trying to purchase, a car, whatever it may be. I want to encourage you. Think about what, what God's nature is. What's his history with you? What's the narrative he's been writing? What's the word speaking to in your life? Number two, I believe in community. I believe in community. As recounted in Acts 2, but not just as a topic or a point of prayer, but the true heart and intent of Acts 2, I believe God has interwoven our discernment and our decision-making with one another. If you begin to take steps based on what was shared in point one, and it becomes evident that the history you recounted or the nature of God that you leaned on was your own understanding, which does happen, I wholeheartedly believe that God created us in community to provide us an eject button, that he placed us with others who would see us and know us intimately and be and would be able to come to our rescue, to pull us from flames, to pull us from where there's smoke, to pull us from walking in a manner that's opposite the, the nature God's calling us to or developing in us, the character that he's developing in us. Let's, let's read here in Romans 12. At verse 1, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a holy, a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect. Verse 3, because, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than what you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well, so if God is giving you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God is giving you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with genuine affection, and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Verse 12, rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. 
Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Truly, I believe this is the definition of true community. And it's hard to imagine as we think of Acts 2 and in the body, in America specifically, I, I think it's it's always a touch point that so many of us go back to, a, a place of desire for so many of us, the, the things that we want to cultivate in our ministries and our friendships and our relationships and our homes. And, I, and, and as I read this, I can't imagine that what God was doing in their midst as, as, as the church was being formed, as many were being added daily who were being saved, as they shared, as they brought their belongings together and gave to each as one had need. I can't imagine that what we just read through, what Paul describes, I can't imagine that this wasn't the cornerstone, that this wasn't evident, that this wasn't alive and well. It's almost like this is the ingredient to the things that we read about in Acts 2. And I believe this is also part of our roadmap in discerning what's good for us. We need one another. We need one another. And I think it's a hard concept sometimes because discernment and decision making or trusting God's voice or uh, trying to parse the purposes of God in your life, it's all very personal. It's all very intimate. And I think at times we can become very uh, individualistic in, in, in believing that the thing that's in front of us is only for us. And so it's for us to figure out. But God has empowered us through community to walk through things and be better because of who we're with. And be better because of who we're with. And I think the message of this is, is this, that essentially nobody falls off the bus. We all go. We all go. And because we're all going, we're all going to grow. My point is this. Even if you are misguided in thought about, even if you're misguided in thought, your community, your dear brothers and sisters, they'll be there to guide you. They'll be there to correct you, to lead you, and to restore you. I, I, I think what we also struggle with that wars against community is culture. Even, even in our Christian circles, the culture of social media, I think, has created a narrative that informs our desires and our perceptions because I think sometimes deep down, what we may be navigating through in our decisions may be an attempt to attain what others show and showcase online. If I can expound on that just a bit, I, I think sometimes when we're when we're trying to figure out what it is that the Lord wants us to step into or when we're praying through a specific thing, I, I think the challenge sometimes is because of how life is lived today, Because of how Christian media is today, I think it can be very difficult at times not to covet what someone may have, even if it even 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 if I I would say it is a quality. I think sometimes it can be hard to obey the voice of the Lord. I think it can be hard sometimes to 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 compare the nature of what God who God is and what he's been doing and when you see another brother or another sister showcase their life or or move or live in a way, I I think sometimes it can be difficult. God, is this really what you want me to do? 
because I don't know if I do this thing, I'm going to end up where they ended up because the way they ended up looks really sweet or what they're doing looks really sweet. I, if I could just merge the thing that I feel on the inside of me to, to, if I could just maybe do this here and maybe not do that. If, if I could just maneuver it just a bit, maybe I could still get everything that I see. Maybe I could get, I could get to that place that I see that that person getting to or the place that that person is in. I think it's this feeling of I don't want to move in the opposite direction of what I'm seeing, so I'm afraid to move in the direction I feel like he's calling me in. Sometimes I I think it takes making a really terrible decision to understand that uh what but we can't see the whole picture. I think there's so many different things that war against us, but for this point I think that's it that we need one another. We can't see the the big picture, whether it is the blockage of our desire being lived out through other people or decisions we make because we don't fully understand ourselves yet or fully see ourselves. Community is for that. Here's number three. I think we have to practice discerning his voice. I love that Pastor Chris laid this out for us in, in an earlier podcast. Uh the process of uh, how to overcome the distractions and, and, and champion prayer. Because I believe that our connection in the secret place is, the, is also a key to discerning what his desire is for us. And beyond that, I think our willingness to step out in faith and be led also builds a trust in us that allows the Lord to see us as a vessel ready to contain so much more. I want to capture the, the notion that before we wade through the major decisions of our lives, that God has given us hundreds of smaller, seemingly insignificant moments where he calls us into something for the sake of building and testing and growing our discernment, really his voice in our lives. For me, it's the conviction of being harsh with people or unkind to my wife. What may be commonplace to others is undoubtedly his voice asking me about the life that I want to build in those moments. Because I, I really do think that's how it works. It's I, I don't think God just gives us these options. I, we are walking out our salvation. We daily are walking into scenarios where he develops us. We daily are having encounters where he speaks to us. We daily are having to make decisions that mold and shape our character and mold and open doors or, or even close certain doors. And, I, and, I, and, and for me, I, I feel him asking me this question what may be commonplace to others is undoubtedly his voice asking me about the life I want to build in these moments I'm not speaking of a God that's overbearing and will move you into a posture you can't sustain but instead a God who simply comes to ask if the altar that you're building is for his worship or yours and I don't know how many of us have had experiences like these not just the conviction of a wrong, but the nudge to, st- to step into a certain direction, to share with someone in an opportune time, or to forego what you had initially planned to do, what he's impressed upon you. Inspire, can I submit to you that each one of those moments are a representation of God's will being made manifest in your life? And our obedience in those moments builds what our inner man needs in the moments of great confusion or contemplation or jubilee when there are a million different options to choose from, when we're trying to parse through so many different things. 
I think in those moments we 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 can tap in at a deeper level to understand, man, what has he done in me already? What's the understanding of him that I already have in moving forward? What can I what am I getting in his wisdom and through our experience? What's his voice saying to me? What have we cultivated? What have we cultivated through abiding that's come through freedom that's been kept through intimate community? What's his voice saying? I started this podcast by telling you that there are no wrong decisions in Christ. And I believe that wholeheartedly because he's in us. Christ is in us. And often I, I believe it's about us digging deeper into what he's placed in us rather than waiting on a miraculous sign that spells out all the details perfectly. Though the father is so completely capable of communicating and still does communicate expeditiously in a way that moves our lives and completely shifts our our perspective and, and changes everything about us. Though I believe that there is an undeniable reality of, of moving and maneuvering with God out of a place of intimate friendship and relationship and knowledge. And I want to end with this. If you come to a crossroad in the process and make a decision or follow what you believe to be the voice of God and we're wrong, quote unquote, I want to encourage you in this. Even in our worst moments, when we're farthest from him or the moments we feel like we've neglected a word or an unction, the truth of these moments is this. We are kept. We are kept by his love. We are kept by his grace. We are restored by his kindness and we are led to repentance by his goodness the thing that that moves my heart is is the reality that he doesn't ever neglect us or throw us away in our figuring out no inspire he he keeps us and i want you to be encouraged in that today if i could just pray to seal this in today father we thank you that we are yours and that our daily desire is to be more and more like you, even when we fall short and when we don't understand, you keep us. You restore us without condemnation and call us deeper still. Today, I pray for this body. I pray that we would seek your wisdom and move in our discernment through the power that lives in us, through our understanding of you, through the intimate and vulnerable process and the accountability we experience in community. Father, we thank you that you want what's best for us and you don't have us play the guessing game and fulfilling your will. We thank you that everything you desire for us is continually being provided to us. Father, awaken us to see, to know, and to walk. We thank you and we bless you. And the church said, amen. Inspire, thank you so much for having me. It was such a privilege to share this. I hope this message encourages someone. I hope you guys have an incredible day filled with hope and joy. Till we meet again. Thank you so much for joining us. And we hope you are inspired as we journey together to reorient our lives in life-giving practices as demonstrated in God's word.